0: We would like to welcome you this morning to Mission Bible Fellowship as Pastor Stuart Guthrie brings a message from God's Word. We hope it challenges, encourages, and strengthens your walk with the Lord. Well, I hope everyone has had a very restful week um, and, and also maybe even had time to reflect on what we looked at in the passages last week as we dealt with chapter 2, verses 13 to 18, as we looked at submission um, to our government It was really a challenging week after preaching that message to live that out. Every stop sign I came to, every speed limit sign I went by, I said, boy, this is tough. And it really became a reality when I was headed back to Missoula, you know, and I saw this car, I slammed on the brakes, I thought it was the police man. Then I realized I was doing the speed limit, but still it was kind of a heart wrencher and I thought that had been real nice. Pastor got a ticket after preaching on submitting to the government. So, but that that worked out good it wasn 't a cop, and i wasn 't speeding so but we looked at two things last week, if you remember submission to the government as it is a command, and then submission to government as it is god 's will for our lives. Uh, God has instructed us to submit because it is His will for our lives to submit. Now, while some abuse that uh, in many times in our life and in our culture, God has a, has a special plan for submission. And He calls us to submit to several different things in this life. And here we've looked at the last few weeks, Peter's response to the Christian submission. Okay, and we looked at that as last week, Peter's call to submission in the government. This week, we're going to look at Peter's call to submission within the workplace. Submission should not be based off of our condition. That's what we're going to look at today. And as well, submission should be a reflection of Christ in the Christian. And then next week we'll look at submission within the family. That's the outline in which we have been working through in this second portion of 1 Peter. Again, for those that were not here that may have been visiting, we have speaking on the word submission. And as a quick reminder, the word submission in the Greek is hupotasso. Okay? And it simply means to be subject or to subject oneself or to arrange oneself under the authority of... Of someone else. It's really a military term that's used. And with that in mind this morning, let us go to the text. We'll be looking at 1 Peter chapter 1. So if you will, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 to 25. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 to 25. Let us read. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect not only to those who are good and gentle, but also those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor, if for the sake of conscience towards God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if you, when you sin you are harshly treated when you endure it with patience? But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in His steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found on His mouth, and while being reviled, He did not revile in return, and while suffering, He uttered no threats, but kept entrusting Himself to Him who judges righteously, And He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by His wounds you were healed, for you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned the shepherd and guardian of your soul. This is a very tough passage to teach on because the reality is John Piper would call it he says this is simply a miracle submission it's a miracle and the reality is uh, the overlaying message that we see here is submitting to authority that has been placed over us and sometimes that can be hard and some people understand this a little bit more if you've grown up and you've worked for people you've had some pretty tough bosses I'm sure And so if you've had a good boss, maybe this message won't appeal to you as much as those who have had a screaming, cursing boss in their face on a daily basis like I did when I was in the construction business for many years. Now, this is the call of God in our lives and to take this grace and mercy and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do this. And so this morning as we look at this message, I want to encourage you to know that we can take this on and accomplish these things through the power of Jesus. Three things I want you to get from the text this morning. Number one is submission should not be based off of condition. Submission should not be based off condition. And secondly, submission should be a reflection of Christ in the Christian. Within the first three verses of this passage, we see Peter encouraging us, while in the same manner commanding us again, in the imperative, to submit regardless of how we are being treated. Now, while in our day there seems to be some difference, at least in the American culture in which we live, we've discussed about submitting to our government prior to this passage, but really... This, within our government, is not legal to have someone in which we would call a slave. This passage is speaking of slavery. Now, as we look at the 13th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States, in section 1, it says this, "...neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for a crime whereof the party shall be duly convicted." shall exist within the United States. Slavery and involuntary servitude are illegal unless the court system says you're convicted. Then there can be some type of this. The state has the basically the state has the authority to enslave you simply by convicting you of a crime within our culture, sending you to a private prison, requiring of you community service through our space, through our state approved agencies and the reason I'm saying this is I read this text I thought how is this applicable for us today he is spe- Peter is speaking to those whom have masters over them and in our day at least in our culture it's not legal to do that now all across the world there are many people today that have slave owners they're owned by slaves and even illegally probably in America there are people who are owned by slavery and so the message is really not irrelevant The message is not relevant. But Peter is making this message and trying to teach us and reach far beyond the scope of slavery. He is speaking to all of us this morning. He is speaking about... Being a slave, he, you know, if you were in Christ, you are automatically a slave to Christ, and so the message is relevant for you. But because slavery during this time was much different than what we would expect when we look at slavery that has happened many years in our culture, it's much different. Now, I know there were bad masters, and so does Peter, but he also th- says that there were good masters. And the word used here for slavery is different than do Okay? And so when he says slavery, he means uh, another Greek word that simply refers to a domestic helper, slaves who work within the household. Okay? A personal servant, so to speak. And many of these people were treated differently than what we think of slavery. Not all of them, or he wouldn't be preaching the message. Listen, I don't know about you, but when I was in the construction business, I was a personal servant to my boss. I did as He asked me to do. I was instructed to do things and so I did them. But I was also commanded through the midst of that to submit to His authority by the Lord. Now while the reality is that illustration breaks down because in my ability, if I have a bad boss, I can choose to leave. These slaves were owned. They couldn't leave. But I think what we can look at today and understand what Peter's teaching that submission should not be based off of our circumstances or our condition. He says in verse 18, "...Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also those who are unreasonable." Okay? Is your boss this morning hard to deal with? Now, I know we have many retired people here, but there have been many years that you worked in the workplace. And you've had bosses in your past and the reality is, is somebody is over you whether you like it or not. You have to submit to somebody whether it's the church or whether it's to Christ. And so the question this morning is how do we deal with a bad boss? Is he unreasonable? And maybe even you've been given a boss that has been good and gentle. What a blessing. Either way you were called to submit to him with respect. And the word respect here simply means fear. And so, now does that mean that we should be fearful of our boss or our employer? I don't believe that's what it's speaking of. He's just got finished telling us about the fear of the Lord in chapter 2, verse 17, which we looked at last week. He also told us in, in, in chapter 1, verse 17, about fearing the Lord. Now, we are not to fear man, but we are to fear the Lord. We are to have a reverential fear in all of God. And when we do that, you are to be submissive to your boss. Because you are to not fear Him, but you are to fear the Lord. And Because you fear the Lord, by submitting to your boss, you're showing that you're truly serving the Lord. The work that you do in your daily walk, in your daily life, is always unto the Lord. That's the big picture of all of this submission stuff is about serving God. It's not about appeasing our boss. It's not about appeasing anything else, our husband, the government, whatever the case may be. The reality is that we are to be submissive because God calls us to be submissive. And when we're submissive out of fear and reverential awe of God, we are glorifying the Lord through that submission one commentator said this uh, their motive motive for submission and service was not the respect for their masters but their respect and reverence for god you see god it is god who viewed their work as if he were doing it to him and so I like to tell people when they have a bad boss, put Jesus' picture, whatever Jesus looked like. In our day we have several portraits that look like put Jesus on the face of your boss and serve him like you're serving Jesus. You see, the boss that I served under while general superintendent was a good boss. It was easy to serve a good boss who always patted me on the back and said, Stuart, you're doing a good job. Matter of fact, here's a raise. Keep doing a good job. The one that I had a problem was was when I was down in that hole, it was 115 degrees outside, I was sweating, I was about to kill over, and he was screaming at me, do this and do that. Wow. That was tough as a new Christian. But as a new Christian, I was called to submit to this harsh boss. It may be here today, you may be here today and can say amen to that, but maybe you're working under conditions that are not great. Maybe you're working under conditions where your boss may be treating you like my boss treated me, in a harsh way. Maybe you're being accused of things. Maybe you're you're having to listen to a foul-mouthed man demanding you, Always do it exactly how He wants it done in His way. Because this command is called to submit. And it still applies to each one of us no matter our circumstances. Your submission is not baked off the condition in which you live. Because your submission is into the Lord. The Lord doesn't change. We serve a mighty God who calls us to submit for the purpose of bringing glory and honor to Him. And as you surrender to the Lord, you begin to have this joy to know that even in the midst of a problem, even in the midst of a tough trial circumstance, you can still serve God faithfully by submitting. And so, surrendering your right to do things in your own way or speak as you please, do things His way, do what the boss says because it brings glory to God. Proverbs 29, 23 says this, a man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. Be humble, and this will bring honor to before the Lord. And Peter says in 19, for this finds favor. If for the sake of conscience towards God, a person bears up sorrows when suffering unjustly. He says this finds Favor. Submitting even when it seems impossible. This is the miracle that John Piper speaks of. Because nothing in our humanity will want us to submit to somebody when we're wronged. But only through the power, the Holy Spirit, can this take place. Now I know that many this morning here are bosses. Many run businesses. Many have charge over men. And you should be good bosses if you're a Christian. And If you're a bad boss, now would be a good time to make it easy for your workers to submit to you. Because as Christians, we need to set the example. We need to evaluate how we are instructing. You as workers need to evaluate how you're instructing your workers to make sure that you're being a boss that is making it easy for your people to submit. And like this part right here because it says this, for the sake of conscious towards God. This is a major part of the text. Next slide. There you go. Being conscious of God is to know God. That's what it means. To be aware of His presence. When we really know God, and we understand God, it's easier to submit to God. That doesn't mean it won't be hard, but it simply means that it should make it easier. Because when you're aware of God, and you understand God, you know God is sovereign. God is in control of whatever is happening in your life, whatever situation you're in. He is allowing you to go through it for a purpose. the submission that you were to show your boss is not for your boss. It's not for his glory, but for the glory of God. If your boss knew that you worked your tail off, no matter how bad he got, if he knew you worked not for him, but for God, and no matter what, you still pushed through, you still worked through, and you served him as if you were serving your Lord, it'd mess him up. Many of us aren't working for that purpose. Many of us are going through these struggles, dealing with these complainings and grumblings because we're working for a paycheck. When in reality, when we serve, everything we do, we do into the glory of God. Now we can complain and we can grumble But the reality is, is that doesn't bring glory to God. When we understand that God is in control and God is sovereign, and we submit to that bad boss, or that bad government, or that bad husband, or whatever the case may be, we're doing it for the glory of God. And when we stand before God, our boss ain't going to go, he served me good. No, Jesus is going to say, you served me well. Well done, my good and faithful servant. He continues to say this, "...for what credit is there if when you sin you are harshly treated? You endure it with patience. But if when you do what is right and suffer for it patiently, patiently endure it, this finds favor with the Lord." This is what he's saying. Credit is something earned. If you do wrong and suffer for it patiently, you get no credit. You've deserved it. You get no eternal reward. You're getting what you deserve. But if you're doing right and suffering for it with patience, then this is what finds favor with God. This is what builds eternal rewards. So in some sense, if you have a bad boss, boy, you have an opportunity to store up treasures in heaven. Because what you're doing finds favor with God. And you're earning credit. If you're serving under a good boss, you're doing great. Keep serving them. But if you do wrong and you justly, patiently get served, hey, that's what you deserve. That doesn't mean God's not gracious and won't forgive you, but the reality is, is there's no eternal reward. And so we need to keep that in mind. That when we go through hard times, when we struggle, when there's opposition, when we're doing good and things don't work out the way we want it, we're serving the Lord Jesus through submitting. So when that boss is at your throat, submit. When that boss pushes you to a level that you think you're going to explode, remember who you're serving. Your... Submission is an inward attitude, remember. So until you settle that you are serving God, you can't serve man. I I like this quote as it was very encouraging to me. It says this, Merely enduring unjust suffering and the accompanying pain is not what is pleasing to God. What, What pleases God is being mindful of God. Cultivating... A trusting awareness of God's presence and of His never-failing care while enduring pain. God is looking for trust and faith. That's what the Lord wants. It's important that we remember submission should not be based off of our condition, but that submission should be a reflection of Christ and the Christian. If you're here this morning and you claim to be a Christian, then Christ should be in you. If you don't see a Christ-likeness in your life, then you may want to test your faith, to see where you're at. James encourages us, each one of us, to do that. Because if the devil can convince anyone that they are saved, that might not be he wins the win. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, no longer live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Christ should be in us. We've been crucified with Christ. And we should have outward expressions of fruit. Jesus says you will know them by their fruit. That's what Christians give off, fruit. Your submission should be a reflection of Christ in the Christian. What I mean by that is, your submission should be a reflection of Christ living in you as you claim to be a Christian. Jesus is our example and we need to mirror His life. For you have been called, it says, for this purpose. Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in His footsteps. It says you have been called. People des- listen, people desire to know God's will for their lives. They will do anything that it takes, anything that it costs to make sure they're doing God's purposed plan for their life. People will uproot their families and move. People will move to foreign countries. People will pray. They will do whatever it takes to find out what God has called them to do. This reality is especially young people, especially those young people that might have been in Bible college, they are trying desperately to figure out God's will for their life. Well, this morning, if you're here, and you're listening via the internet, and you're wondering what is the will of God for your life, God has spoken to each one of us this morning. And we need to open our ears because God is filling us with His calling this morning. He says, for you have been called for this purpose. What purpose? Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in His footsteps. Your purpose is to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. This is not possible in your own strength. It's not possible if you are not a Christian. The only way that you can do this is through the power of prayer and through the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. When you do right and are wrong for it, you suffer for the sake of Christ. Christ. When you serve God and all that you do is get beat down, you suffer for the sake of Christ. When you work as hard as you can do and it never seems good enough, you suffer for the sake of Christ. When you serve that someone as if you were serving Christ Himself and they don't acknowledge it, keep suffering for the sake of Christ for you fulfilling your purpose and bringing honor to God. You see, this is what people can't understand about Christians. That no matter how bad things get, that no matter how bad persecution gets, they suffer for one man by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. How He didn't leave you without hope and example. Jesus says this is our purpose, to suffer. If we're not submitting to a harsh boss, then we're not suffering for the sake of Christ. If we're not submitting to a government that is, seems to be completely pagan, we're not submitting to the Lord and suffering. He says this, Jesus uh, kept faithful to the Father is the righteous judge. It says, Who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found on His mouth? And while being reviled, He did not revile in return. And while suffering, He uttered no threats, but kept entrusting Him who judges righteously. You see, Jesus, in the midst of suffering, suffered unto the righteous judge. He knew who the judge was. He knew who He was called to suffer for, though Jesus didn't do anything wrong, he endured an unjust pain during his arrest, as they flogged him and whipped him with these small leather straps with glass and pieces of metal that ripped his flesh apart. Yet he endured. While there were being there nailing him to the cross and piercing him through for our sins and our transgression, he uttered no threats. But He only showed mercy and grace as He said, forgive them, Father. for they know not what they do. He trusted in the Father. That one that knows the hearts of man and judges justly. Yes, He did this for a purpose. And He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross that we might die to sin and live, righteous, to live righteousness. For by His wounds you were healed. The price that Christ paid for us, for you, for me, was so that we might die to sin. That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. You know, every Sunday... After Sunday, I call you to live a life that brings honor to God. Because what Jesus did on the cross gives us the power to put away sin. Now, does that mean that we're going to be sinless? Of course not. You're going to walk out of these doors today and you're going to at some point fail and you're going to sin. But remember, the death... Barrel and resurrection of Jesus Christ conquered that sin that we might live righteous lives for the Lord. You were given the power to conquer this sin. And some have never experienced this. Some have never experienced this grace of God and this power that we've been equipped with by the Holy Spirit to live lives of righteousness and to put away sin. And being able to submit to someone that has not been the nice, nicest as they could have been to us. I remember being in that ditch and that man just screaming his eyeballs out of his head at me. And I'm sitting there and I'm going... I'm serving the Lord Jesus through this. I did I always do it well? No. Did I fail? Yes. And you may fail. You may fail in your job. You may fail submitting to your boss. But know this. There's a time and a place to say, you know what, boss, I'm sorry. You know, I lashed back out of you because you're screaming at me, dude, it was hot. I was about to monkey down in there and you're screaming at me and I didn't mean to fly off the handle. Because I'm not serving you, I'm serving the Lord Jesus Christ, and that was not honoring to my Lord. you imagine the response you'd get from your boss? Dude, you're a Jesus freak, man. What are you talking about? Can't expect him to understand. But we as Christians can submit in the midst of trials. James says, consider all, all, all these trials to be good. Consider it all joy. so that we may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Submission to a hard leader is hard, whether it be in the workplace, whether it be in the government, or whether it be in the home. But you do all things unto the Lord for the purpose of obtaining honor and glory for Him. And through that lifestyle, could you imagine if we as Christians submitted to our government submitted in our workplace, submitted in our homes, as if we were serving God. There would be people looking for Christians to hire every day of the week. But I believe that in our culture, we have workplaces filled with Christians who aren't living this out. And it's not until we can hear these things and understand these things that God calls us that we can improve It's a process in which God is drawing us closer to Himself. Verse 25 says, For you were continually straying like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your soul. These people had returned. This morning I ask you, have you returned to the shepherd of your soul? It's okay, listen. If you're not submitting in your workplace... It's okay. You know now, God has said return back to the shepherd guardian of your soul. Will you do that this morning? Will you say, God, you know, I haven't been working as if I've been serving you, but I've been serving to get a paycheck, to get the things in life that I want. Can we look to the Christ? Can we look to our shepherd, our guardian of our souls? Today I want to call you to a life of holiness the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross was for us to be able to conquer sin and live lives within righteousness those that are in Christ we are to reflect Him to suffer for His name's sake if you've never trusted submitted your life to Jesus Christ the Bible says today is the day of salvation don't wait We walk out of these doors, we're not guaranteed another breath. The reality is, is it might be our last step. The death, the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that's the gospel. And it is the power to save to those who would believe in His name. Submit this morning as unto the Lord. Let us pray.